0: Hello and welcome to Creatives on Speed where we talk to creative thinkers, doers and makers from all walks of life about their work and their inspirations and today I am very delighted to be joined by Phil Lawrence, TV writer. Hi Phil.
1: Hello, hi Joe. how are you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. Um, Phil, tell us a bit more about what you do.
1: Um, well like you say, I am a TV writer now. I, I used to be an actor um, but I I started to write plays that I could be in and realised that actually I was probably better at writing than I was at acting. Um, and so writing took over and telly was what I grew up with. It what It was my first love. That's where I wanted to work. Um, so I put my focus head on, um, wrote loads of specs, which wrote loads to loads of people and got a job writing for EastEnders. And so for the last couple of years um it's been my passion and my my day job as well fantastic um to write for eastenders and casualty um and obviously have my own original stuff on the go at the same time
0: that's amazing so like you mentioned about you know like being passionate about tv when you were growing up let's talk a bit more about that so sort of in terms of creative pursuits or creative activities what did you do when you were a kid
1: um when i was a kid i didn't really have a happy school life um i was bullied as a kid um obviously not the only one um so kind of being creative was obviously uh, an outlet and and, an escape um tv it was there in the home you know it was an escape right there um but aside from that I would draw I would write um I was writing even back then um my third year at secondary school we didn't have an English teacher for in my memory, it was the, the entire year. So while everyone else was mucking about, I just grabbed a stack of exercise books and s- sat at the back and wrote this epic space story. Um, so, so yeah, so that playing with my toys as well, which is something I did as a kid and I still do. So when I'm switching off, because obviously my my passion, my hobby of writing is now my job, so to switch off, um, I play with my toys. I still play with my, my action figures and make up little dioramas and stuff. Um, So yeah, so that hasn't stopped. So I I still write and I draw and I obviously watch lots of telly.
0: Yeah, so that's interesting because I know that um, I've seen some of the little sort of animations and things you've done over the years with the toys. Which sort of genre are we talking about sci-fi that you're particularly keen on?
1: Big on Doctor Who, massive Doctor Who fan always. Since, you know, the first thing I can remember writing was a, a little Doctor Who story. Um, which was absolutely awful, but never mind, you have to start somewhere. Um, and then Star Wars, obviously, because Star Wars figures came out, and I was big into those. Um, and then one of the things that you saw, actually, um, was I made um, short Star Wars movies using my, my toys. And it was a real learning curve, actually. I learned a lot about how to make a film just by by doing with my little toys and doing the voices myself.
0: Yeah, you learn you learn so much, don't you, by playing and doing. I mean, yeah, absolutely, just by doing it and
1: yeah, and working it out for yourself and realizing how much you know as well, actually. Because I had no kind of formal training, but these Star Wars films were perfectly structured Star Wars films because I I watched them and devoured them, and you kind of instinctively know how to to reconstruct it.
0: Yeah, and that's really interesting. So, do you think that's uh, you moved towards more towards writing when you were starting to write? Um you you sort of you've got this sort of background in making things and being a playwright and being an actor as well. What sort of things did you draw on in terms of um, you know, sort of starting to write? Were there any things you thought, oh yeah, I know, I know about structure, I know about how to do dialogue because I've been an actor and I know what that's not what that's like. What yeah. are the key things?
1: It was nothing that I felt going in that I thought oh oh, I know how to do this. There was lots of instinctive stuff, like I said, that you just kind of know innately from from hearing stories. Like fairy tales have the same structure kind of thing and you you just build this stuff. But as I was writing scripts and sending them to people and getting feedback and stuff, I kind of realised that, oh, actually I'm quite good at dialogue because being an actor and being able to put my head into different characters. So I'm I'm quite good at, at writing different characters' voices um, so I used to have a, a Doctor Who website. Going back to Doctor Who and the toys, I used to have a, a website where I'd do um, a monthly comic strip using the toys. And one of the things that everyone said to me was, "Oh my God, you can really write for each Doctor because obviously each character is distinct." So, so yeah, I definitely that that came from from acting and being able to put yourself into different, different characters' heads.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talked about sort of writing for TV. Was there a kind of pivotal moment where you sort of have a the light bulb when you went, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do now. Cause you've, you've been, you're one of the people I really admire because you've been really sort of focused on your journey, um, particularly in sort of recent years. So sort talk, of talk, talk, talk to us a bit about
1: that moment. I think sometimes you have to have that kind of focus. And I think we do have those kind of light bulb, like you say, light bulb moments in your life. Um, and I think I just kind of had a perfect storm if you like in my life, um, it was about four, no, it was six years ago, by any Times Prone. Um, and we had a, a bit of a family crisis. We nearly lost my dad. Um, he's still going, by the way, spoiler alert. Um, so we had this big grief crisis. Um, I started to lose my day job because um, of the, the, the financial crash and everything. So this day job that I'd been relying on and been sort of paying the bills while I was doing low paid acting work and stuff um, was sort of collapsing under my feet. And my partner was in a really, really stressful job. So it kind of became, I felt it was like my responsibility to step up and sort of be the breadwinner, if you like. Um, and I, I don't have any qualifications. The, the only thing I could do is act or write. And I didn't think I was that successful in an actor. So I thought, well, writing is probably something I can do. um I'd been going to the London Screenwriters Festival for a couple of years and kind of got a sense that 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 was where i really wanted to go tv was what i really wanted to do um and kind of always felt it's where i'd end up um but you can't go into these sort of careers thinking oh i'll just end up there no you have to be driven and focused and so i did have that light bulb moment of going yeah i need to step up now i need to, to get on and do it and i just had this um real epiphany of that's where I want to go to. And at the time it was continuing drama. I wanted to write for EastEnders and Casualty and those kind of shows because I felt that was a good entry. Uh, they take new writers, it's, it's a way in. Um, and so I thought, well, that's, that's where I want to go. And just had it in my head, right, to get there, I need to do this, to get that, I need to do this. And just, I just saw this path. And I thought, that's it, that, that's that's what I'm gonna go, gonna go for. Um, and if you want to know what that path was, uh, I can quickly tell you, it was, there was a kind of three-year plan year it didn't work out this way but the first year was um, research all the soaps so I watched every soap so I knew what was going on in all of them became an expert. Um, I mean I had been watching most of them but just really studied them became an expert um, wrote lots of scripts so I had a real kind of body of work because inevitably, you write your Magnus Opus, show that's to people, and they go, Oh, we love it. We can't produce it, so what else have we got? <laughs> yeah, doing something else in your back pocket, yeah. Um, and so year two was then get an agent. So I approached some agents, got loads of knockbacks, but eventually did get an agent. And then year three would have been um, get a commission. Um, got close, I did get a, a trial on doctors, but um, but yeah, it was the fourth year when I got my my actual commission. So yeah, 3 year plan turning into a 4 year plan. That's that's not so bad.
0: That's amazing. And um you know what's really interesting about that I think is the amount of well one dedication that you have to put in to achieve some of these things. It's not like you can just wake up one day and go, I'm going to write for TV. Um you know, but you 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 had obviously all the experience of writing other stuff before you got there. Um what what would you say were the biggest things in terms of um obstacles either personally sort of you know and or just kind of getting up every day and sort of applying yourself on this on this journey
1: yeah um focus was the massive thing and just getting rid of stuff that wasn't aimed at my career um it sounds really mercenary but I just had to just be be that blinkered so certain friends I had to kind of stop seeing um the, the Doctor Who website, that had to go, couldn't do that anymore. Um, so anything that wasn't geared to writing scripts uh, and, and you know getting that work um, had to be. So um, yeah, lots of sacrifices. Um, yeah. Worth it ultimately, um, except when you get to lockdown, you realize, oh, I haven't got any hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do, I'm bored.
0: What um, sort of tricks and habits did you have to instill in yourself or sort of maybe on a daily, weekly basis to kind of forge, forge your path forge forward, if you like? Yeah,
1: well, everyone says, if you're going to be a writer, you have to write every day. So that was a big thing. So yeah, it's a carving time out because I had a day job as well. So I'd get up at six um, and plan the next plan the day before what I was going to do. So I'd get up at six, know exactly what I'm going to do um, on a particular project, always have several projects on the go at the same, the same time so when something's so when you've you've written something you sort of put that to bed then you're not sort of waiting you're working on the next thing so always have several things on the go at the same time Um, I would get up at six work until um, going to work come home and then write again Um, and writing every day doesn't necessarily mean putting pen to paper or writing script it's just thinking about the project and and working on the project and just keeping it here all the time so just to keep that that focus and that um that energy mm. so that you're always your mind is and you become really boring you know your, your mind is constantly on your career and everything you do that was the other thing I was going to say that it's not about writing all the time so so going out I, I said I'd cut out certain friends so, so yeah, I cut out the you know the Doctor Who fan friends. So instead of going to a pub and talking about Doctor Who, um, I do talk about other things. I'm not that <laughs> fun-minded. Um, so I'd go to uh, a writers networking drinks um, and you know go and meet people that would help my career because it is 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 you know it's a people career and it's all about who you know at the end of the day as well.
0: But also those conversations, you know, it's not it's not necessary that necessarily the case that as a writer you have to become kind of a recluse you I think when you're 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 writing dialogue uh, you know it's so important to go and listen to people's conversations even if you're just earwigging in a coffee shop would you say that's the case for you
1: definitely yeah yeah, yeah. I mean one of your questions is where do you where do you get your creativity mm, from yeah. one of my answers is or pre-lockdown certainly was um public transport and coffee shops, you know, just going on buses and getting snapshots of people's lives, so inspiring. And as you say, picking up um, other other ways of talking, people's dialects and yeah, and you just sort of steal that and squirrel it away and think, oh yeah, that suits that character.
0: Yeah, and I also think it's fascinating that there are whole stories behind those lines of dialogue that people say, it's like, oh, why did you say it like that? You know, what's going on there? Who is Marjorie? And, what, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's fascinating. Are there any, are there any other sort of tricks and tips as, as sort of a script writer that you would say have really helped you?
1: Yes. Um, there's a few things that I've picked up, actually. Um, one, talking about um, character voices. Um, a couple of things for um, character voices, if... One of the criticisms that was leveled at my writing quite early on was that all the characters sounded the same, which is a really easy trick to fall into because obviously it's all coming from you, it's all coming from one person. So one trick that I started to use was to kind of cast people in my head as, um, so people that I knew would be the characters because they've got really distinctive ways of talking. And so then everyone starts to be different. So like steal someone that you know in real life, steal someone from telly, Also talking about character voices, when I was doing my trial for EastEnders and testing myself whether I knew how to write for each character, what I did was um, kind of wrote out little scenes for them, for each of them where the postman comes to the door with a parcel, an unexpected parcel, and just writing how each character reacts to it because they're all going to do it really differently. Yeah, that's really Yeah, interesting just, just way of sort of testing that you know how each character speaks and obviously you can do that for your own spec scripts as well
0: and also I think that's that could apply to a lot of things really is that that testing of things testing of an idea could you know it's important to do that sort of stretch it and see where it goes before you potentially apply it to the final product I think that's absolutely yeah
1: before you spend loads of time on something that isn't going to work (laughs) Check it out first. Yeah. yeah.
0: obviously working on extenders, it must be fascinating. I mean, is there anything you've really what's the biggest thing that you've learned in terms of working on a show like that that has surprised
1: you? Um that's a really good question. I don't think I've got an answer to that.
0: <laughs> Maybe but you were just you so well thing. informed before you went in that you did all that Maybe. research. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, you do have to you go into these things uh with a lot of research and be well informed. I'll tell you one of the things that was really fascinating. On my first episode, I went in for a day to see how they they film it. Um, I just did this on Casualty as well, and they're both completely different, so very different. With EastEnders, it's like an old, uh, old style sitcom. They've got three cameras on it at once, and they they, they bang out a scene. Um, actually, I tell you, this was a real revelation. Um, being Having been an actor, and then watching proper pros do it, I mean, lots of people are really sort of hard on soap actors, um, which is, I think is really unfair because the stuff they have to learn and it's all out of sync as well. So they're doing a scene from, from one week and then straight after they're doing a scene from the week before. And I was watching, uh, the first scene I saw was Cush doing a scene in the cafe and they, they do, um, they do a, a rehearsal take. So everyone's sort of not quite into it, mucking about maybe. Then they'll do another one and it's, it's okay, but someone's quite a little bit off their game. And then they'll do another one and suddenly it's perfect and it's magic. And just watching it is it's just blows your way. Everyone just suddenly brings their A game and the director goes, right, yeah, okay, that's done, next. Yeah. So quick, but yeah. absolutely magical to watch. It was like, like alchemy, the director said at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely, Happily, that's so really cool. So, um, you know, just in terms of your sort of creative journey now, where do you where do you sit? Where are you planning to take your writing um, going forward? I mean, obviously, um, more more EastEnders and Casualty, but what else?
1: I would, yeah, I'd love to do some more. I've just done a, a Casualty, which um, is probably going to be on route right, right about this is about the time this is going out, maybe. Um, but beyond that, I want to do my own stuff. So I've just written um, a few scripts during lockdown. Uh, one is a cosy crime drama. Another one is a four-part thriller, which would be perfect for ITV or Channel 5, just saying.
0: Just as they're um, listening, obviously, as they're watching. You know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but the one I'm doing at the moment is kind of a, a life on Mars in reverse um, with a female lead. So it's kind of like a, a rom-com crime drama series with a bit of a sci-fi element to it. Yeah, sounds so, cool. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's where I want to go, just get my own original stuff out there. Um,
0: and when when you're sort of thinking about ideas outside of um, the soaps, where are you? Where do your stories mainly come from?
1: Really interesting question. Um, like I said, I, I go out pre-lockdown. I'd go to cafes and and just get little snapshots of life and buses and trains and stuff. And then that will spark something. And then it will collide with another idea that I had a few months ago. Um, but it tends to be. I mean, I've been, I've, been, I've been writing for good old 10, 11 years. So I kind of know what my writer's voice is, if you like, and so the kind of themes that I want to explore. So when I get an idea, I kind of, I think, yeah, where am I in this idea? Where's my USP, if you like? Um, what's, what's my take on this idea? So that's, that's when the, the idea starts to ferment. And you think, yeah, what, what kind of character is gonna embody this question? for me and it just kind of builds from there
0: yeah and what sort of what sort of process do you go through to sort of build on that that character
1: um I tell you this is going to sound really bad um I use John York's book <laughs> it's a
0: classic <laughs> what can you say it a
1: it's so good um into the woods so that yeah. yeah, is um is 10 questions although I've added another one so it's 11 questions um and the five-act structure, I use five-act structure all the time, even, you know, for a whole thing and for for scenes when I'm just trying to work out what's this scene about. I use a five-act structure on that. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, for anyone who's interested in those, um, I'll be putting some links to those below video in the show notes because they are go-to writer, screenwriter books, and, and they apply, I think, in any sort of storytelling context, not just scripts, actually. They're just such such I mean even I mean you know I write scripts as well and um I still go back to those books you know you, you're constantly learning aren't you as a writer yeah, you're constantly you don't become like this sort of I've done it all I've written it all I think that's what's really interesting about it
1: I was having this conversation with a friend of mine earlier today and we were both agreeing that when you start a new script it's like you you go how do I do this again <laughs> you need you you, you keep Having to go back to those basics of yeah how do I how do I do this and those kind of books um, it's good to read screenwriter books not get too hung up on them or to um, like stick to their the dogma too rigidly you have to you have to read them and find what works for you because then when you do get stuck in a project and it happens all the time um, and I, I guess that's what's called writer's block if if you you know you, you get stuck and you don't know where to go then you can go back to those processes that, that you you come to learn in those books and it yeah just helps you surge forward again
0: so do you, it all the time. You, you said it there and it's going to be my final question but um when you do get stuck when you're at the computer and you're just like i haven't got anything i can't there's nothing what do you do in the moment
1: um i don't really have those kinds of blank page moments um because I don't sit at the computer unless I've got an idea, yeah. and that, that comes in the notebook, out on the bus, out on the train, um, or sitting on the loo. <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. Um, <laughs> that's where we have our best ideas, of course. So, so I don't have those kind of that kind of writer's block moment. But what I do get is this this scene isn't working. I don't know, and it, it tends to be I haven't done the the work. I haven't done the background work which always normally comes back to what does this character want in this moment? And do they get it? What's, what's in their way? And these are basic screenwriter questions. It's about, uh, you know, beyond beyond screenwriting, storytelling, it's drama, it's someone wants something, someone doesn't want them to have it, something's in their way. Um, So it's, it's different sides of the brain. Um, We were saying just before this, weren't we, that we have, the, the creative side and the analytical side so when when I get stuck it tends to be I need to go back to the analytical side and that's when I open up a word document and do a table and you know do that, do that kind of stuff because that really yeah. helps me that kind of visualizing the, the and the, the five act thing so right okay what are the five stages this person has to go through in this scene um so yeah so that's that's when I get stuck but that's what I do I go back to analytical, analytical head
0: yeah that's really interesting and I think that just shows that, you know, it's it's open to anyone. It's not this sort of divine inspiration. There's these, these parts of it that are really, as you say, analytical and you can break it down and you can do it incrementally. And even if you want to achieve something and you have a big dream and a big goal, you can actually achieve it by incremental steps and going on that absolutely
1: that's exactly what it is and I am a big believer in if you want to do it then do it and if you've come into you know if you want to be a screenwriter and you haven't done anything creative so you think in your life or you haven't worked in a creative industry it doesn't matter because you're going to bring in your experience from whatever life you've lived into this and you're probably going to be the better for it
0: absolutely that's a fantastic place to end phil it's been really really exciting talking oh. to you you're a huge inspiration to me and a lot well, of writers you. That you both know i know so uh, I, I just want to say thanks for your time and uh yeah i look forward to seeing you soon
1: thanks for having me it's been great to see you
0: take care all the best cheers Joe. bye bye